Welcome to episode 27 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. All right. So, what the hell are you doing on Twitter? (laughs) The Canadian is on Twitter. (laughs) How many times have you bitched about Twitter? (laughs) How many tweets have I made? One. (laughs) One. (laughs) <laughs> one I'm one not word really on Twitter. <laughs> it's one across the board. <laughs> one tweet, one word. <laughs> so explain what explain your uh, your decision here. It was bored. <laughs> bored decided to go hang out on something that you supposedly hate. I try to keep an open mind. <laughs> I try. I'm rarely successful. I admit that. So I signed up just to see what redeeming social value this tool might have i'm still searching but <laughs> i laugh if you want to find jordan underscore good luck. <laughs> the canadian underscore worst name ever <laughs> i and it took me 15 minutes to come up with that every you should have put 187 after your name <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's a douche out there with that already and 420 and probably 420 underscore the canadian underscore 187 too <laughs> well as well <laughs> really people whoever has the real canadian please release that because i'm the real canadian <laughs> and also we got we got a name war going on also really the canadian and uh the canadian really <laughs> who other than me apparently was so desperate that they had to go to those so i don't really feel that bad about underscore the canadian uh, underscore. I, I, I think you should. I know. No. <laughs> that I take as, a, but that was my second underscore because underscore the underscore Canadian underscore was taken. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, let's talk about our contests. <laughs> we actually have three contests going on now. Yeah. Three, three. Ah, ah, ah. He's dead. No more. <laughs> oh, sad. No, I don't want to talk about contests. (laughs) Uh, All three of them are going on until July 14th, 11.59 p.m. Central Time. So the Twitter-only listeners one Again, that one is make sure you're following us on Twitter, at allusgeeks, and then shoot a message our way that the Canadian, I'm sorry, underscore the Canadian underscore can now read. Target at all us geeks. Then you got 117 characters to do whatever you want with. And then follow it up with hashtag AUG. I listen one entry per day. We haven't said how we're judging. So uh, get creative, get whatever, go after Jordan. God, I guess I can't do that anymore. Cause you're actually there now. That was, that was all. Cause it was all my entertainment. It's not like I actively <laughs> also skin that that'll get you a vote. <laughs> All right. The prize for that one is you actually get your choice. You get to pick a game from Monolith, Shadow Days, For the Win, that goes two to four players, Fleet, or Glory to Rome. Oh, they Caesar. There it is. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. <laughs> one of the other contests we have is, again, to win Cards Against Humanity and the three expansions. But not the Christmas theme. But not the Christmas theme. Because Jordan wasn't thinking ahead. 
So leave us a voicemail at one nine five two two three six geek. No geek. That's one nine five two two three six four three three five. Or you could just Skype us at all us geeks and leave us a voicemail there. The voicemail, you should identify yourself and how we can get back in contact with you in case you win. That will get cut. Unless, of course, you're promoing like the last two that we got. <laughs> we'll let you we'll let you do a little promoing. But the recorded message should be listening to all us geeks is like blank without the blank. And then finally, the contest that we launched over on the Game of Crowdfunding segment is that Alistair Wong, who just recently wrapped up the Wordsmith Kickstarter project, which was successful. Yay. Yay. He's given us two promo copies of Wordsmith to give away. So this is Wordsmith the card game, which if you want to see anything about it, you can obviously go over to Kickstarter and see the project and what's there. Or you can go over to our YouTube channel because we did do a game preview for it. So what we have here is we've got six two-letter combinations here that are straight from the game. Those are C-A-A-L-S-E-W-E-A-T and B-E. And they'll be in the show notes. And there is an entry on our website for this contest as well. Basically, shoot us one email and you will get one entry per word that you create with those two-letter combinations. You can only use them each two-letter combination once in a word. But you can use as many of the combinations together as you would like. Make the subject wordsmith contest. And again, you'll get one entry per word that you create. There are some words that you can't make. I did take out all the cards and lay everything down and look at them. <laughs> I'd like to know if that was by design or, or just some words you can't make. Yeah, there are some, some words, words you can like too, to though. <laughs> all three of those contests. And there'll be two different winners for the copies of Wordsmith. So there'll be two winners there. And all three of those contests, again, July 14th, 11.59 p.m. Central Time. And then the day before that, July 13th, will be the RGC Game Day, which we're going to both go to. Mm -hmm. And actually, we got a couple of things going on now. We've got, uh, we're going to post up here soon, but we're actually going to do a one-shot of Shadowrun 5th Edition and then record uh, people's thoughts on the uh, new edition. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then Shadowrun, not Shadowrun. The, the 80s. Huh? Not the 80s group. New edition. New edition? No, I like. Uh, mm, 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 mm. Dance with me, Jordan. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Sad zombie. <laughs> See, we've got a game coming next week. <laughs> oh, my brain melted. <laughs> That we are going to be reviewing that's going to go up on Kickstarter. So we are going to take that to the game day as well, I believe. That is the plan. That is the plan. If everything goes according to plan, that's what we'll be doing. And originally we said uh, the week of July 16th, we were going to take off. Well, actually, we are taking off. We will not be recording new stuff. Uh, but we've decided uh, we've got some content that we are still going to release that week. So you still will get content. Sorry, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to skip it because you know we're not going to be here anyway. If that is our highest rated app ever, <laughs> our highest rated download. Okay, well, week. we'll be involved. <laughs> but fan favorites, <laughs> Megan and Sarah, will be in on one of them. Uh, we decided that's when we're going to release our Game of Thrones special since we're going to be off that week. Uh, so you can hear the four of us talking about this last season of Game of Thrones. And I think we actually went more into the 
books <laughs> this season, it seems like. But we're going to release that during that week. And then I also recently sat down with Daniel Solis, great game designer and somebody if you're not following, if, you, if you're into game design and you're not following on Twitter or his blog, you really need to be. But he sat down with me uh, about an hour. So we're going to release that interview that week as well because he was just on to basically chat. So he, he wasn't really promoting like a Kickstarter or anything right now. So we're going to talk to him and we'll release that. And then he has also said that he would love to come back because he does have something that's going to be on Kickstarter in the future. So he's going to come back on for the game of crowdfunding segment and talk to us specifically about Kickstarter. So that'll be a lot of fun too. So you will get content. Sorry. Weekend of July 26th, like we said, it's JordalCon. More gaming, 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 more gaming. So you about ready to start this episode? If we have to. <laughs> Run a geek out? Sure. <laughs> All right, let's geek out. I was going to have us talk a little bit about how listeners can help us out besides donations. So to start with, let's just go ahead and talk about what we're thinking about doing for September. Lately, I seem to be using the phrase, the only people a podcast is free for are the listeners a lot when people are, are talking to me and stuff. And that's true. I mean, there's a lot that goes into putting out a podcast. We've talked in the past how we don't want to become just, uh, we don't want to be a, a ton of affiliate links and all that other good stuff. In fact, I think right now we only have one affiliate link left, and that's uh, DreamHost, which is the host we use for our website. That's the only affiliate link we have left on our website. We'll and, wait until they figure out the tax problems. Yeah, and, and who knows? I mean, <laughs> and again, I think this is the first time I've ever mentioned it. So <laughs> obviously we push them hard. <laughs> it's on the website, uh, and there's a donation button on the website. But that's kind of what we're, where we're talking about. In September, what we've decided is we're going to do a pledge drive. So, uh, instead of hitting you guys all year long with why aren't you giving us money or anything like that, uh, I kind of took a page out of Adam Warrock's book. Adam Warrock, for those who don't know, is a very geeky hip hop artist. So a lot of his stuff that he, he releases is, is geek related, which, and it's all awesome. I love, I love a lot of his stuff, but all year long, he pretty much releases free, free music, free content. And he's let us use one of his songs in the past. Our first Game of Thrones episode actually was, he allowed us to use his music, but once a year, and actually it's happening right now, once a year, he does basically a pledge drive. I think it's once a year, once or twice a year, he does a pledge drive. And that's basically where he tries to collect most of his money so that he can continue to release free stuff and pay for his web hosting and all that other good stuff. So the month of September, uh, we're going to do a pledge drive. So whatever we record in September, you're going to kind of hear our, our uh, PBS style. <laughs> now, come on, Western New York and Southern Ontario. <laughs> if you want this continuing <laughs> level of quality programming, you know, just $20 a month for 12 months will get you Excellent, excellent podcast. It won't get you a teacup. It won't get you a bag that says all us geeks or anything, but it will get you four to six hours of mind suck every month. <laughs> so come on, Western New York and Southern Ontario. Get those PayPals, get those phone lines, get that the 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 lights going for, for all us geeks. So Jordan's in charge of our pleasure. <laughs> So we're going to do that, but we're going to put a little twist on our pledge drive, I think. Not I think, I know. What we're going to do is... Nudity! <laughs> if you don't want us to be nude, <laughs> you better pony up the cash. Because we will, we will get on the hangouts. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Even uh, I am revolted by that, and I see myself naked sometimes. 
If Jordan doesn't pledge heavily, <laughs> we're going to make him go on chat roulette. <laughs> oh, I'm an exhibitionist. That is not a threat to me. But what we're going to do is we'll we'll give you a target of what we're looking for. And basically how I'm going to figure that out is what we've already collected and some things that we do and then what we still need to make it through another year. And if we raise that, that's awesome. If we go above that, what we're going to do is we're actually going to do a 50-50 split with a charity. We're still talking about what it might be, but right now I think the two front runners are Ronald McDonald House. I still need to reach out to my contact there, but I used to raise money for them when we did the convention. So I've got some contact there, and they've always been really grateful for anything that they can get. Or we might do like Toys for Tots, whatever we collect, and then towards the holiday season we'll go out and spend it all for Toys for Tots. So one of those two things. We'll do a 50-50 split after we cover our costs. I'm huge on the community aspect of this, uh, as well as just making sure that we can cover costs. So that's the idea. But before September, <laughs> I thought we'd just cover a few things uh, about how you guys can help us out without money, without donations. Although if you want to give a donation, that is awesome. <laughs> the first one I think I'm going to let Jordan cover because it's near and dear to his heart. How important is feedback to you, Jordan? If anybody has listened to three of the past 27 apps, <laughs> they know that feedback is very important to me. I would like this to be a two-way conversation, and I don't mean just Jeff and I. I mean us and you, the listeners. And we don't mean just Sarah. <laughs> Although Sarah's don't, always Don't happy. piss off the one person. That... <laughs> we always love hearing from Sarah. We're just saying, you know, other people can join the... Sarah's even asked me, she's like, does anybody else ever respond to your stuff? We're like, no, no. you're our low. <laughs> we have two people that respond regularly, Sarah and he who must not be named. <laughs> he knows who he is. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We have stuff on Facebook. We have stuff on BGG. We have stuff on Twitter. If we need to, we'll go throw up a MySpace page. <laughs> we have stuff on Google+. Plus. On Google+. Plus. YouTube. Well, yeah. <laughs> but we put stuff out there. Because, you know, this is therapy for us. <laughs> we'll be honest. It's therapy. This is stopping me from killing somebody tonight. <laughs> nice. Uh, Sometimes. He was here all night. Uh, <laughs> shit, I can't think fast on my feet. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> but we want it to be a two-way conversation. So it just costs a little bit of your time. Please, do interact with us. We do appreciate the comments we get. It really isn't just Sarah and he who should not be named, but we would like more. We would like to know that you're listening. We would like to know what interests you. We would like to know what set you to thinking, if we should actually be that lucky to set you to thinking. <laughs> yeah. We ask questions because we'd like to reach out to our audience and give you what you what you are interested in not just what has caught our mind for any given right. three. I mean, period. we're always we're always looking for listener related content because yeah, exactly. I mean, we we sit down and have the conversation for you guys to listen to. There's a couple of podcasts that I listen to that I'm literally yelling at the radio on my drive into work trying to interact with these people. So just let us know what you think. And some of these and some of these people. Uh, I do have conversations with back and forth on, say, Twitter or whatnot, and just let them know that I'm listening, and we uh, would like the same. We're not asking for essays. We're not asking for counterpoint reviews to the games. We're not asking for, you know, for you to jump up and 
asked to be a quarterly guest, though we're always open to, to you know, to more content. But we're just asking for interaction. Yeah. And then just to please make <laughs> validate me. This is a year of my life. Somebody other than Sarah and he, please make it seem like something I've Are done. You, you're really going out of your way not to say his name, aren't you? Yeah. All right. I'm going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. But just to add on to that, too, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, there have been a couple times where I've been in a spot where I just, I, you know, I, I edit all the time. I'm constantly editing or we're doing this or I'm constantly going through emails and stuff and, and trying to either line up guests or line up this or line up that. And, uh, just having that one out of the blue every once in a while, you know, the, Hey, you get me through my work day or anything like that. You know, it just, that drives me to, okay, I got to get this next thing out. That's cool. And you know what? I share that stuff with Jordan, but it's very secondhand. So you know what? Why don't you, sh- again, Jordan at allusgeeks.com. Shoot him a little note. Tell no wambulance, no suck it up, no take the hint. Oh, come on. Take the feedback how you get it. Now you're directing the feedback. That's not right. Only positive. All right. So then to follow on with that, if you can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel or through iTunes, all that good stuff. Comment when you can. If you can give us a review on iTunes, even if you don't listen to us through iTunes, but you have iTunes available to you, uh, if you can just use the link off of our website, go on iTunes, open it up in iTunes and do a review. Those are always helpful that, you know, people trying to find the show, see those, know kind of what they're getting into. And then all of the numbers, the follows, the likes, you know, and, and the interaction also help people know. If they want to send us stuff to review, they basically help generate content for our episodes. Content and potentially some of the funding now that we do the rush review fee, which I won't get into. But, you know, if people want us to look at their stuff and we get content out of it because of that, then that's helping you in the long run as well. So all of that stuff is helpful. And then, you know, just to go along with that, I mean, if you know people that would be interested in us, tell people about us. I mean, let people know that we exist. And if you happen to go out to say like a Kickstarter project that you see uh, linked on our website or that we've talked about or a game that we've reviewed and, and, and whatnot, uh, let people know that you've heard about it through us. Again, that's just going to tell, let people know, Hey, this is one more avenue. Maybe I need to approach. So those are just a, a few ways again, without any money or anything involved that you can actually really help the show out a lot. So self-serving geeking out topic. Woo. External validation, please. <laughs> Jordan needs love. Oh. Jordan needs love. I am a love horrible, badly. horrible host. Y- yeah. And? <laughs> oh, and by the way, that... and Do you have the final results on our poll? Nine and three, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's why I asked you. It, it, it I forgot. 12. It yeah. was nine and three. Thank well, you. Yeah. Thank you, 12 people who <laughs> did respond. Yeah. Jordan put out our first poll on our website. We've had the ability to throw up a poll for a while, but... We didn't know really what we... <laughs> nice. Brown chicken, brown cow. Jordan at allusgeeks.com. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Are we expecting us or the SOs <laughs> here on the poll? You know, one more thing I want to point out, because this bothers me at other podcasts I listen to, if people ask you to do feedback, 
That's the entire reason why we have the pre-recorded all the ways you can get a hold of us now so that we make sure we add it in every episode so we're not asking people to give us feedback and then never tell them how to give us feedback. Please give us feedback, but no. <laughs> but I, No, we're not going to make it easy. But find it. Find it, my precious. <laughs> So that's why all that stuff is out there. So the the poll that Jordan put out was whether or not we should do merchandising because, you know, we've been talking about the shirts for a while. We have shirts. We were giving them away. We don't have very many left. So if people actually wanted to buy them, we would have to do another order. So we were trying to see if it's worth our time to do the order. That poll is closed now. But if you have an opinion, send it to Jordan at allisgeeks.com. That's Jordan at allusgeeks.com. Hello, listeners. Do you want to connect with All Us Geeks without it getting physical and awkward? Well, that's good because that's not a winning scenario for anyone. I'm here to help you do that because All Us Geeks would like to virtually connect with you too. The first place you can do that, of course, is allusgeeks.com which will have links to all of the things that I'm about to tell you about. It also has our latest posts, which will show you which podcasts are out, which videos that we've recently produced, and any written reviews that we've done. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash allusgeeks. Twitter, same thing, twitter.com slash allusgeeks. Skype, we're on Skype. We've tried to keep it simple. It's You've got it, all us geeks. You can leave us a voicemail there. And if you're just into that tactile feel of dialing numbers, how about punching the following random numbers into your phone? 1-952-236-GEEK. That's 1-952-236-4335. That will get you to our Skype voicemail as well. Know we're on Google+. Plus. You can go over there and search for all us geeks. We have a guild on Board Game Geek. So for the true geek of board games, you can find us. Our guild is 1274. Or, of course, search for all us geeks. We have a new YouTube channel that we've launched recently where we've looked at special events, game previews, and some miniature-related gaming. You can find that at youtube.com slash user slash, wait for it, allusgeeks. On the allusgeeks.com site, we also have a contact form that you can use to let us know what's on your mind. And you can always leave a comment on the individual posts for each podcast episode. And while we're on the subject of feedback, if you happen to listen to us through iTunes, we would appreciate it if you could go out there, give us a rating, and leave some feedback so other people can find us as well. Well, there you go. There's a ton of ways to get a hold of us without actually having to poke us with a stick. And we appreciate it. All right, let's review some games. We're actually going to look at two games tonight. One we're going to review like you're used to hearing from us, and that's Incredibrawl. Sorry, it's not It's not getting better. It's what you're <laughs> yeah, used to. It's, it's, we have a formula. May not be the greatest formula, but it's ours, damn it. Incredibrawl is actually coming to Kickstarter here shortly. I believe it's like 
next week, maybe. I think it's going to launch. I think that's what you said, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take a look at that and go over it like we normally do. And then outside of our normal review process, but we're going to look at Shadowrun 5th Edition, uh, which is not available quite yet, but Catalyst Game Labs was kind enough to send us an early copy for us to take a look at and talk about here on the podcast. So thank you, Catalyst Game Labs. But first up, Brawl is from Vision 3 Games. And again, it'll be on Kickstarter here next week, I believe, is their launch. So what is Incredibrawl? Incredibrawl is a fairly engaging but simple rock, paper, scissors game. It's card-based. It has multiple modes, most of which I don't think are needed. It is essentially, each player has a deck of heroes. If you play the basic version as recommended in the book... Each player has a deck of heroes. There's four colors, and it is basically rock, paper, scissors. You, Each player selects a card, puts them down face down. Then each player flips the card, and battles resolve. There's different resolution techniques for whether you're one player, two player. Uh, I should say two player, three player, or four player. This would be a real boring one player game. <laughs> I win. <laughs> I, I win again. <laughs> I, a left hand is always crushing. <laughs> There's different resolution paths for two, three, or four players. Each card has a type of creature on it. You have things like a unicorn or a pirate or, you know, there's various... Superhero, alien, yeah. I mean, Various kind of geeky characters. There's no named characters on here. It's just, you know, it's the pirate or it is a robot. You know, it's not Gork, you know, (laughs) anything like that. Very cartoony style. Yep. It's very light, and each character has a type of power. There is physical power, natural power, and energy power. Each one of those powers also comes with a numeric value in it. And then each uh, deck also comes with the circle of life, explaining that physical beats natural, natural beats energy, and energy beats physical. And that is the basic game. The basic game says just play the cards with the powers as it stands for a very simple rock, paper, scissors. The numbers don't matter. It's just basic rock, paper, scissors. There's a slightly more advanced version where it's uh, it says you then do use the numbers and the powers, I should say, in, in the beast type. And then there are actions down at the bottom of the cards, things that happen when they come into play, things that happen when you win with that creature or if you lose with that creature, and then exclamation powers that are interrupts you can just do things. And that adds a second level to it. And then they have the gamer mode where it's, uh, say they use all that. You use your powers, you use the new, num- the numbers and the powers, you use your actions on the cards. And then they have some varying the, stuff. That yeah. The environments. It. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. it'll be like moon base or something like that. I mean, it's not, but you know, it's on the moon base. The alien gets you one extra glory when you yeah. score, if you win, you know, stuff like that. That's- yeah. They have something like, like four or five variants towards the back that gamer mode is basically add in the ones that you want to make it as complex mm-hmm. as you want. Now, personally, having played through the game a couple of times, I don't really see a need for the various modes. I think this would be very well writ- published as throw everything in there and then let you remove based on the age of, of who you're playing with. Because this is a game that can, it is basically rock, paper, scissors. So you can take this to a very young crowd and say, you know, okay, we are going to remove these cards and we're not going to use the powers on the bottom of the cards. And it's still a very enjoyable game. Adding gamer mode, I think, is a bit of a, 
bit of a red herring. I don't think it. It's. It seems like they're trying to direct it to more of a hardcore crowd, and I, I don't think that's valid. That's not to say it's a bad game. It's just a misdirection. That's the part that kind of threw us a little bit because that's one of the reasons why we were going to look at it. I mean, not that we wouldn't play it as is, but the fact it had a gamer mode uh, intrigued us. Yes. So we definitely wanted to check it out. I think a couple things, you know, well, we t- we'll, we'll talk about some other stuff here mm-hmm. and get into it. So basic way to play is, I mean, it's first person to 10 glory points wins and it's immediately when that happens. So, I mean, uh, glory points can exchange hands during the battle, depending on the abilities. Cause some of the abilities, some of them are play. So as soon as you play your character, they go off. And if there are multiple play abilities, then it goes by the numeric value. Whoever's lowest would go first. And then there are win abilities. So that one would be just the, if the last character standing has a win ability, that one would trigger. And then there are lose abilities, which trigger anytime a character is knocked out of a battle. So in a three player, two people are going to face off against each other first, depending on how they're sitting or where they put their card, depending on if you're playing the game, that variant in the gamer mode. Two players are going to battle first. One of them's going to lose. And if that character had a lose ability, it would trigger. Then whoever, whoever had like the buy, you know, whoever sat out is going to go against whoever won. And then whoever wins from those would be the one win ability that could trigger. And then if the other one had a lose ability, that one would also trigger. And I think they all trigger at the end though. I don't think the one goes off right away. I think it's at the very end. Yeah. Everything. That's how I understood it. Yeah. This was a prototype. This was a handmade prototype by these guys sent to us. So we're not going to go into what do we think of the components and stuff. Art style, I kind of dig, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the art style was finalized, and they did send me a preview PDF of some more art, same vein. So, I mean, I, I dig that. I liked the art style. And I think for what this game, its target, which is the casual and maybe even younger game players, I think that works really well. Plus, it's just the whole zombies, ninjas, superheroes, robots, alien, you know, it's it, it works. So it's about... A, yeah, it's zombies and elves and, and robots. No. <laughs> Pi- uh. <laughs> That's about as far as I'm going to go into components. I mm-hmm. mean, the art style that we saw and how they've laid out the card works fine for mm-hmm. me for what it is. Mechanics, again, the rock, paper, scissor thing is the biggest mechanic. If you're playing casual, use the player abilities, but not the, not extra, the extra cards. Abilities, yeah. So if you're playing casual with the character abilities or even the gamer mode uh, with the extra cards and their abilities and all that stuff, the variable abilities are kind of interesting though too. This is where it actually did surprise me that it gave a little bit of a kick to the game. If you add that in and you add the environments. So if you have an environment up that says, I get plus one if I use, if I win with an energy creature. So then you start, you do start to kind of go, all right, now is Jordan going to try to play an energy creature to win this? So do I need to play what beats an energy creature and, you know, this, that, and the other thing? And then you start looking at your abilities and go, okay, do I want to try for the win with this guy who has a win ability or, you know, like the kitten, Mm -hmm. you know, the lose ability on the kitten is I lost, but I get the glory point anyway, because I'm so cute, you know, kind of thing. Or again, the just as soon as you play ability, is that going to help you out? So Rock, paper, scissors sounds super simple, and it is. But when you start adding on those variable abilities and when they can trigger, I actually stopped to think about what I was going to play. And going into this, I didn't think that I was really going to do that mm-hmm. as much. So I, I got to give the game credit there. They did a good job with that, and I think that kind of works. Yeah, you just do the, the quick brawl. It's simultaneous play. 
So all players choose, all players flip. It's the rock, paper, scissors. It's the variable powers. It's the collection of glory points. All works well, I think. What do you think on, on no, that I, so far? I, I'm with you on that. When this was described to us and asked for the preview, I was like, mm, this is probably not, at least not in my wheelhouse. But I was pleasantly surprised. I will say I'll play. I'll play again. This isn't something I'd be like, mm, definitely not a main game or anything, but you know, as a quick, okay, let's, you know, you want to play something real quick? You want a filler type thing? I can play this. It's a, it's a yep. cool little, I wouldn't mind playing it with more people, you know, even up to stuff. four, it would still be a fast game. Yeah. One of the things that I don't like is the end goal tiebreaker. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the, the ultimate tiebreakers. I mean, you go through for a battle and any tiebreaker ends up in this. During a power ability, it goes by lowest number and then what beats what. Uh, during a battle or a brawl, uh, it goes by what beats what, then number. If you tie all the way through that, you're supposed to actually play rock, paper, scissors. I'm all right for that, for the casual, the family style, whatever. That irks me that that's still part of the gamer mode. Like I told you, I, the way I would do that is add another variant in, just add it in the back, say this is part of, this can be part of gamer mode, but make it more like war. You and I tied, go to the next character. So set those aside, next character. Pick another character, keep going. If one person runs out of characters, uh, they're out. They lost. That's how I would do that. I don't like the rock, paper, scissors thing. And it didn't come up for us, but it still was there. Because I dominated you uh, yeah. like you were paying for it. <laughs> I thought I was paying for it. <laughs> you owe me money. <laughs> but uh I just that it, it never domination. It never happened in our game, but it just kind of bothered me every time I saw that in the real books. Like, no. I do understand it for say the family style and casual game. I can see that you're playing with your kids, little rock, paper, scissors, that's a fun little thing to do. That's cool. I'm fine with it there. Just take it out of game remote. <laughs> or add Lizard spot. Oh yeah, or had lizard spot. Yeah, we did talk about that. <laughs> Surprisingly, this is the, during that week. This was or this was like the second rock paper scissors game we played. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so mechanics overall very sound. Light game, filler game works well. Get rid of rock paper scissors in gamer mode, at least for me. And as the, the tiebreak, as the war. Yeah, because otherwise you're just getting into the game. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> as the as the ultimate tiebreak. Rules. What'd you think? Dead easy. It's what four pages double uh, folded over. There's a lot of detail in here, and and really and really well done. I mean, it's not overly detailed. They've got good card examples. They have good instruction and example of every aspect, like literally every aspect of the game, from playing two players, three players, four players, describing the various modes, uh, win and loss conditions, or win and end game conditions, I should say. It's got all the uh, variants in the back. I mean, it's slap this on a little bit more glossy paper and it'll be a fine book. And it's small enough that it doesn't need an index. I think the two things that we questioned, well, one of them is not really a question. It's just something that it would be nice if they did. On the reference cards that they give you, because they do give you reference cards to show you what beats what and all that good stuff and what your your turn order is. Uh, But on the what beats what, you should actually just... Put the word underneath it. This is this is the symbol for energy. This is the mm. symbol for physical. That that would help a lot instead of going back to the book. 
because every once in a while, especially your first game, it's like, well, what is this again? Because you see, if you're playing like gamer mode and you're using the abilities and some of them, you know, like the the environment, say, if you have an energy character, well, what is an energy character? You know, just off the top of your head. That would just be a quick glance, nice thing. The other thing, though, that we did run into, what's considered an animal? What's considered the, the things that aren't right now, the cards aren't keyworded. So if you're going to do something like that, it would be nice to keyword the cards. So say this is an, this is a mystical creature. This is a supernatural creature. Uh, because the environments don't just strictly go to card power types. It's mm-hmm. not just energy, physical, you know, that kind of thing. It actually starts talking about, and then we got into a conversation. Well, is the Yeti a supernatural or a natural animal or, you know, that kind of stuff. So if you're going to do that in those cards, you probably need to keyword the cards. That would be a suggestion I would have so that you don't, you can kind of just eliminate that whole back and forth part, uh, unless you meant to add that piece of discussion into the game. <laughs> but that, well, no, clearly I've studied natural law and the idea is, yeah. <laughs> that's the only other suggestion I would have there. But yeah, rules dead easy. Uh, so moving into teachability. Dead easy. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a very simple game to pick up. Uh, you can pretty much almost pick up the entire thing off the reference card, just what your turn order is, uh, other than a little bit of ring, just making sure you, you know, you know that everybody does simultaneous. You obviously need the rule book a little bit for what it means for a three player game and stuff like that. How do you, how do you square off for battles that way? Literally, if you have played rock, paper, scissors, you can play this game with a little bit of reading. Again, the Read variable the power, <laughs> the, the variable power thing is really cool theme what did you think of, of the theme we've been playing quite a few things in this genre lately. yeah i i mean i don't want to do a disservice to this game but it's we both said it and I, so i'll say it here because it's a compliment really it's zerpang the card game yeah. and that that's a good thing because i really like zerpang thematically it's it's the monster mash it's mm-hmm. you know the robots the aliens the pirates you know everything there's no there's no one unifying theme. It's not purple robots against green robots. You know, it's not the Drazi or anything like that. It's just all your favorite kind of geeky themes, uh, geeky characters thrown into a deck. And, and I enjoy that. The one thing, uh, we didn't point out earlier is everybody has the exact same deck. I thought I said that. I don't know if you did, but, uh, yeah. It's I'd, the exact same deck. They're just, yeah, they're, they're yeah. Li- labeled as the red, black deck. Right. The black it's deck, just, the so, deck. I mean, yep. it's just on, you're, you're varying just on your, shuffle and all that good stuff so everybody has the exact everybody has the exact same superhero the exact same kitten you know yeah. all, all those kind of cards all the same interact interrupts and all the same yeah. you know character actions the superhero has the same play power so it doesn't it, matter who he's uh, got it's not quite zerpang i mean it's zerpang like in that you know all of the types there but it's it's smash up but everybody has the same the deck. same one card of each of each faction or whatever smashed into one one deck you're right we don't want to do this a disservice and i there is no disservice it is a good game a a casual filler type game it's it's very nice i I like again we talked about i like the cartoon style that they used for this i like the uh, some of the abilities you know the sad kitten and it's losability and just all these little things that they're they're nice Uh, i wish there was a little Maybe a little more to the environments, but then again, I'm, I'm probably going back to Smash Up. You know, they Smash Up all the all the the headquarters or whatever do so many varying things. Where every environment in the, or location in this one is uh, plus one, a plus one, a plus one. 
vary that up a little bit. I'd probably like that part of it a little bit more, but it, it's fine. It was kind of interesting to have the have the whole stack of locations and try to make a decision on do you want to blindly do the next one or do you think you can or do you leave the, this one up? And then again, you got into that screwing with the other person's head. Are you leaving that one up? Did he leave think, it up because he has a robot? Yeah, because you yeah. think you're getting the extra point or so that part of it was kind of cool. But overall, yeah, I enjoyed the theme. I mean, the locations were nice and they were thematic for the different types of things that were going on. They had the characters and the cartoon style and even you know, the variable powers and the rock, paper, scissors thing. It all actually worked more than I thought it would when I first looked at it. Mm -hmm. So well done. Excellent job. So fun factor. What do you think? It's a fun game. You know, if I was going to do the whole mathy side of it, I'd, I'd put this at a solid seven. It is rock, paper, scissors. So there is a finite number of times you're going to want to play this in an evening. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's fun. There's, you know, the environments and the characters and the artwork and just the subtle twists on rock, paper, scissors. You're not just throwing your hands out there. Do make this a fun game. I kind of call, I almost want to call it uh, controlled randomness. I mean, it's random. You're only going to have so many cards in your hand. Uh, oh, there is no. That is an end mechanic. Yeah, the end. One of the end mechanics is if you go all the way through your deck, you won't reshuffle. Uh, and there is no hand limit. There's a couple different ways that you're going to draw cards depending on whether or not you still have characters in your hand or not. It's random draw to your deck, but you've got X number of cards, and you have to make that decision. Okay, this is what I have to play with right now. What am I going to use? Is the ability going to trigger? La la la. So it's kind of controlled randomness a little bit, which for this type of game, I like it. I mean, it it works. I had fun playing this one. I think it is a solid game. You're right. It's not something I'm going to go, okay, let's, you know, let's make a night of this. This is our Incredibrawl gaming night. But 24 hours. <laughs> yes. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Incredibrawl with Truckosaurus. <laughs> we could we could so do that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this is one of those games. Somebody's running late. Throw it out. You've got just enough time for a quick game. End of the night. Throw it out. You know, play it. When we were at Don's, people were waiting between games for other people to finish. You could get this in once or twice quick before another game finishes. Uh, I think it has its place. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be it for us for Incredibrawl coming to Kickstarter very soon here uh, within the next week. So My last comment out. on that, just because you already said that. Just because I have to have the last word. Yes, always. Mm. Um, I like apples. We have small... No, I'm over that. No. No! 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 Get the no. behind me, Apple. No! You have no power no. here. <laughs> what we had, obviously, pre-prod version, very small cards. Oh, that's right. You did want to... Yeah. I, I Just my personal you know, thing here, obviously, because it's me, so it's my personal. I hate when people say that. <laughs> oh, douche. Self-douching. <laughs> um, I wish the cards were bigger. The artwork is sufficiently engaging, and the game itself is sufficiently light. I wish the cards were on the same scale as Dixit. Yeah, there you go. And, then, and that's a important part to point out. I mean, our cards were pretty small because they were hand, you know, they were they were done in house. And that's fine. But you're talking even beyond the poker size. You'd like to see them Dixit size. Yeah, which I think would actually work really well in this game, especially for the casual and and younger audience. I think that that would work really well, and I think it would. Just help make the art pop that much more. Just big card, massive cartoon mm -hmm. art. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And that was my last word. 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 Shadowrun 5th edition. 
Woot. <laughs> so let's level set. What's your experience with Shadowrun? I've played it various editions all the way through from first. Actually, I think I might have missed second. That was a dark day <laughs> for the rebellion. Yeah, started with first back in whenever that was, late 80s, early 90s. I have loved every incarnation of it. I actually have not played any of the earlier editions. I actually finally played in fourth. I've always kept up with it. I've always liked it. I probably had many of the editions, but I just didn't have a group. You know, it was at that time my group was mostly fantasy based or, or strictly superhero. Those were the two that a lot of my groups kept going back and forth between. So I had a hard time getting anybody into more of the cyberpunk style, which I like. So I liked the shadow run universe and what they were doing with it, but never got to really play until fourth where uh, we basically had, had a friend of Bob's ran it for us for a while. And I had a ton of, in fact, some of my quotes on the RGC forums uh, in my signature are from our shadow run games. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. So I'm coming in play wise towards the end here, but I have kind of kept up off and on with the game. So that's kind of uh, where we're coming into looking at this. So again, uh, Catalyst Game Labs was kind enough to send us the PDF early. The PDF is going to go on sale July 11th, and you can start pre-ordering online the print book on July 11th as well, I believe. We've only had this for about a week. I don't know about Jordan. I we We've touched base like one time, uh, but I've had... Stop bothering me. I'm reading Shadowrun. <laughs> exactly. I've had my head buried in this thing. But again, there's only so much that we can get through in a week. So we're pretty much just going to give you some initial impressions, some things that we kind of pointed out uh, to each other that we noticed was different or was cool. Uh, I'll be honest. And a lot of times we were like, hey, this is kind of cool how they did this. So top blanket statement for what you looked at so far. Oh, this game sucks. This is like fourth ed for D&D. <laughs> Steer cl- no, I he he totally sent me that in a in a in a message. By the way, I warned Facebook. you it was coming. Yeah, fifty thousand foot view. <laughs> I think I just got some on me. <laughs> um, solid. This is definitely a game I will want to have the book of as well as the PDF. Good transition from previous to current. Well streamlined well-designed, both in terms of graphic design and, you know, obviously we're going to have to get in games so that, you know, what we think we've seen, you know, to see if that really turns out. But there does not appear to have been a lot of fixing what wasn't broken. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a nice, somewhat subtle transition for people that were into fourth to come into this. They're they're not completely rewriting the book on you. You don't have to come in and go, I've got to relearn everything. But what they've changed, they've changed subtly and they've changed for the better in a lot of places that I saw. And like you said, to streamline the whole process, uh, which let, let's be honest, especially character creation. Character creation uh, has always been like, okay, we're going to play Shadowrun in a month. For the next two weeks, we're going to get together and go over everybody making a character. <laughs> the weak point for me for Shadowrun has always been character creation. Yeah. And for me, for any RPG, character creation should be the high point because this is this is me. I am making me. Mm-hmm. But creating characters in Shadowrun, especially in first edition, was just like, oh my god, how many more pages do I? Oh, 
<laughs> this book is 400 pages long, and it just seems like 300 pages of it is character creation. Yeah. I agree with you on the high level that I'm going to pre-order the book. I want to see the book. I've got the PDF, you know, that I've been able to go through. Yeah, I want I want the book. I want to, I want to check it out. So getting into a couple things that we've noticed, fluff is all is as always, solid as always. I mean, going back to FASA, Shadowrun has always had good good fluff. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, most RPGs that I get, I don't care. I don't even want the fluff. I I don't even want to check it out. But Shadowrun books, I always kind of dig into the fluff, and and you know, it's like, all right, if if you could lift it all out, put it in one place, and let me read it. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I've always enjoyed the fluff and fifth edition is, is no different. They've done a good job of giving us the atmosphere. I kind of like, it's always been true, but I kind of like that they did the focus and they actually dedicated a chapter or part of a chapter to the concept of everything costs. Yes. I thought that was really cool. So, uh, getting in, getting cybernetics, getting bioware that costs you something, mm-hmm. uh, getting information that costs you something, you know, that whole, concept of everything you do in Shadowrun costs you something. Uh, you may not realize it, but could there's be a money, cost. Could be your soul. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was cool. I thought that was a nice running theme for them to start with and to put into a person's head to say, okay, this is Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. This is how this game operates. Everything's okay. going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. Anything else you kind of... Going right back to page one, character creation, the priorities. I think that is really... A boon. This, like we've discussed, character creation was never the best part of this game, or at least I, I never thought it was. It was certainly the mathiest part of the game. Mm-hmm. But doing the priorities, uh, so now they've got priorities A through E, I believe it is. Yep. And then you have your various character aspects. So if you know you're going to want to be the rich runner, the dude that has the money for everything, then you're going to have your highest priority. Priority A has the highest amount of starting money. So you're going to save that for when you you need that selection for buying your gear and buying your your, your upgrades. Mm-hmm. If you're going to want to be a generalist technomancer, you're going to take priority B because that has technomancer skills in it, but fewer than a priority A. Uh, you know, and then you've got you can only take one priority yeah. per per section of character. So that that really cuts down and streamlines the character creation to my mind. Yeah. And the bonus to that is. I think this makes a good segue both for previous edition players or people who are totally new to the game. One of the biggest knocks, you say Shadowrun, and the first thing you hear is 800 dice that don't mean anything, (laughs) and then two hours to create a character. So I think this solves that problem. Yeah. So the the priority table, I actually wrote that down here. You assign the A3 priority, A being your highest, E being your lowest, to metatype, attributes, magic or resonance, skills or resources. So, for instance, metatype, if you leave that as E, you've basically said, I'm, I'm only going to be human. The higher up it is, the more metatypes open up to you, plus special points that you get with them to assign to certain things. So... Like Jordan said, though, if you, you know, if you want to be the, the richest, you know, you can be as a starting shadow run player, then you're going to pick A because that's going to, for resources, because that's going to give you the most starting money. You're going to assign one of these to each of these. So you kind of look at them and, you know, they've got a nice little table for you to look at and say, if, if you pick B in attributes, this is how many attribute points you're going to get and stuff like that. So it, it's really nice. It does streamline it. They're not just 
throwing. Here's a chunk of points. Go nuts. Uh, which some people may balk at a little bit. I think I'm, I'm with Jordan. It really streamlined it. And it's not cookie cutter because one, it's how you spend your points, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you that get that aspect is still there and you get 25 karma points later to make some more customization on your character. So mm-hmm. you get to add customization to your character outside of the table. And as with previous editions, there's good karma and bad karma. So mm-hmm. you yes. can take a couple good expensive things and then be a heroin addict and get, <laughs> you know, a bunch of bonuses yep. back to keep spending on yourself. So if you don't mind taking some negatives to really highlight your positives, you know, that aspect is still there. There's still hits. There's still thresholds. There's still glitches, all that stuff that you're used to. Uh, there's still the dice pool. Couple things that I thought were kind of interesting that were good changes. The inherent limits. Yes. I think that was a good idea. Basically what goes on now, you have a mental, a physical and a social inherent limit that gets calculated after you've create, you know, after you've done all your attributes and all that good stuff. What those are used for is it works a lot like magic always kind of has, or at least did in fourth where, you know, you had your focus. So you could never be more successful than your focus in magic. Well, your inherent limits are the same way. Every time you do a roll, your inherent limit attribute is basically saying, this is how many successes you can ever keep in one roll. So I kind of like that. I think that was a good idea. The other thing it, it helps with as well is they've done the same thing with like gear and stuff. So your weapons, you know, your ranged weapons will have an accuracy rating. So that's as many successes as you can keep from using that weapon. So if you have a crappy old pistol that has like an accuracy rating of two, no matter how how much you're you're rolling, you can only keep two hits. So you got to upgrade that gear to something better if you want to be able to hit better. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what did you think of that change overall? I like it. I like the concept in general across the stats, and I think especially tying it into gear, where that's where it caught my mind. It really does go to the roll R O L E side of it for me. I mean, if I want to be the best technomancer, you know, I'm taking priority one, but I'm also the poorest technomancer. So I'm starting off with only 4,500 new yen to get my crap. Well, it's a good thing everything's done in my head because I'm not affording, you know, (laughs) much else. So that drives the roll side. You know, that's what I'm out there for. I need to improve my gear and those inherent limits tied with availability. I like that that stuff, that that concept has remained the same. Your availability levels your, and your restrictions, restricted, restricted level, uh, that stuff is still there. I think that really rounds out gear in a in a really nice way. Oh, they brought back Decker and, yes. the, and the Cyber Deck. Uh, so now the term hacker, which was the replacement term in fourth, hacker refers to both Deckers and Technomancers. The Decker is basically what the old hacker was, the person that actually hacks into systems and stuff. And they brought back the CyberDeck, but this time around they brought it back. CyberDeck basically is like the size of a small tablet. It is wireless and stuff, but a Decker needs a CyberDeck to perform their basically their hacking ability versus a Technomancer who just does it uh, because of the magic and all that good stuff. I forgot to look at the gears. It's still the uh, the Excalibur. For what the deck? For the top, the top end deck. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't oh, remember. I look at that. <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't get into gear hard. I was. I spent a lot of time in character creation, 
and then some other things I, I wanted to look up. Like we talked about how the extended test, I kind of like how the extended test works now. Pretty much the same as it did before. There was an option, I believe, I believe it was optional and fourth where, you know, you had the extended test where something, you know, it, let's say you're rolling to do something and the GM decides it takes you an, an hour per roll until you're successful and you need to get a total of 14 uh, successes within however many rolls. There was an optional thing in fourth where if the GM wanted to limit the amount of time you were using, uh, he w- they would just say, all right, your dice pool is 10. You can only try this 10 times. And then you succeed or fail, depending on what that last one is. This one actually tightens that up a bit and makes it part of the rule. But what you're going to do now is, and again, you're you're always you got to remember you're going against your inherent limits too. So you can only have so many successes per roll, but every time you roll, you lose a die. So it's kind of like that countdown. This is getting harder the longer you keep attempting it. And however you want to see, you're getting frustrated, you're losing focus, however you want to look at that. I kind of like that. I, I like that. I liked the optional one before where it's like, no, you're not going to keep rolling until you're finally done with this. You know, something's going on. But I like this inherent. The ice is a lot blacker than you thought. <laughs> I like this inherent. That's the tick, 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 tick. Yep. <laughs> I really liked that. Still wireless. It yep. is a still wireless world. But they do bring back the, you know, uh, the truly paranoid will use a wired, not connected system that you may have to break into. So they kind of brought back the, uh, and again, this is where you you got to take your your cyber deck to the run, the in run. the shadow yeah. run. Oh, yeah. and that well, that's the other thing too. And I didn't write that down, but they have the noise attribute. Mm. So, and that's their way of kind of saying, well, okay, the decker, you stay back in the apartment, and we'll go to where the danger is, and you just take care of everything remotely. Noise, basically, the you have the closer you are to the si- signal, or the closer you are to what you're trying to hack into. Uh, the less noise there is, and noise is going to get in your way of completing anything. So it's their way of saying, well, you know, the, the decker needs to come with us. They need to be close to the signal. So that was kind of cool. I mean, that yep. it wasn't, you know, a GM could always enforce that, but now it's it's there. It's it's an attribute. I can point to it and say, no, see, you have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can, you can do that, but you're not going to be very successful. Two blocks away, you're going to think you're on charter, so you might as well just come. <laughs> The other thing I noticed, and actually I spent some time looking at this because I noticed it uh, when I was reading through character creation and then I looked at the character sheet to see if it was really missing. Initiative passes still exist, but it's not a set number like it used to be. So you don't get like during character creation, you don't get, oh, I have three initiative passes, you know, kind of thing. What they do now is it's based on your initiative role. So you basically, everybody does their initiative role and, and gets their initiative score. And then everybody, you know, in highest to lowest order takes a pass, whatever you can do. And then you subtract 10 and anybody who's still greater than zero gets another pass, Mm -hmm. subtract 10. So it's, it has the potential to be a varying initiative pass, depending on how well you roll your initiative. Combined with using edge, I think, yeah, it's a really great initiative system. Yeah. That's one of my favorite tweaks. I like that versus the, I always have three initiative passes because this gives you that on a bad day, something could always happen yep. kind of thing. Or on a good day, ta-da! Yes. <laughs> I am a god. Do you see the red S? <laughs> yes. And then the other, only other thing I'm going to point out, because I'm going to end up using it, 
is they actually do a random run generator for the GM. And actually, I'm going to use that for our one shot at the uh, RGC game day. See, they're, they're a run generator and right at the end of character creation, they've got their, I suppose it's supposed to be kind of an NPC generator, but you could also use them for really quick and simple character templates. And I think those are two really good ads. Yeah. All right. So final thoughts then on Shadowrun 5th edition for people. I'm looking forward to it. It's my second all-time favorite franchise. And I mean, like I said, going back to FASA, back when the the books were out, you know, and playing it on and off through each edition. I'm really excited to see 5th come out. I'm really disappointed we didn't get any at Gen Con. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm looking forward to the books and just Catalyst, please. Go easy on the pocketbook. We don't need 72 <laughs> resource books. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it as well. Jordan and I have been talking off and on about how we need to get it. I mean, we've got a small group that's willing to at least do a one shot, but we want to get some form of Shadowrun played. So the game day is going to be nice because we'll get at least a fifth edition one shot. And we are going to be kind of set it, but just to point out, we are going to, anybody that plays is going to give us their basically reaction to playing fifth edition. And we will put that out um, either as part of a future episode or on its own. I haven't decided yet. We'll see what happens. So we've been trying to do fourth for a while. So fifth coming along and seeing the, the tweaks they made kind of makes me jittery again to have a game going on i i do love Shadowrun. i love the concept behind it again i haven't played it as long uh so i'm not maybe necessarily as attached to it as you are but fourth i really had a blast in fifth i love the changes i love how it seems like character creation is is getting simpler and the tweaks that i've seen i agree with and i like of course we have to see them in practice like you said and we will july 13th at least some of them i'm really looking forward to this one thing I will say where you're like, ah, no, no, no more, no more books, no more source, not a, not a ton of source material. I have always liked the idea of the LA side of things, which always gets shafted in all the source books. It's always like, well, here's a paragraph about what's going on in LA. And in a way, I don't know, maybe that's why. It's because the awakening happened in Seattle. So it's all going to be <laughs> yeah. in Seattle. But you know what? And maybe that's maybe part of the reason why I like the LA thing, because in most RPGs I play, I don't like to follow canon. I like to make up my own stuff. So maybe, maybe leave LA alone. I don't know. But <laughs> I wouldn't mind an LA source book. I don't mind source books, but you know, <laughs> let's face it. If you play an RPG from a big publisher, You've bought your monster manuals one, two, and three. <laughs> you bought your ultimate combat, ultimate magic, and, and advanced player's guide. You bought, and I know you bought because I saw all the Shadowrun for that <laughs> supplements. Yeah. I'm all for that. But please, if you're going to do that, also give us PDFs. Well, I think Catalyst has been pretty good about the PDF side of things. Yeah. They usually do both. Oh, I'm not saying they're not. Yeah. I'm just saying just in general. Damn yeah. it, people. Tablets are a lot. <laughs> A lot lighter than than ten resort <laughs> than, than ten source books. Yeah. Ooh, you know the one thing we talked Uh-oh. about the sidebars. <laughs> no, this is a positive. Not <laughs> not taking a dump on the way out like I normally do. You know, in some in some manuals and some game systems, the sidebars are not always well written and even necessarily relevant to what's going on on the page. It's like two pages ago we discussed this mm-hmm. over two pages. So here's their sidebars, their blurbs, their examples of how to do things really do work well with what's on the page. I think that is 
a plus that is not necessarily going to be obvious right away compared to other systems. I mean, the sidebars in Pathfinder are, or, or God, even worse, any Wizards product, just horrible. I don't think they actually have QC people at Wizards of the Coast anymore. So just as one of those things that probably nobody else is going to think of, but that caught my eye and I really liked it. Actually, now that you mentioned that, that, that was one of the things that I really liked, especially in the character creation side of things because they gave you the three different people creating mm-hmm. three different characters and how they did each of their steps. I thought that was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a nice walkthrough and a quick way to show you three different styles Yes, as you went along. So I thought that was kind of cool. All right, July 11th, the PDF will be available for order online or for sale online. And I believe the online order for the print book happens that same day. So definitely check it out. Huge fans here so far. Hello there, Angry Ginger here, host of the 7 Days of Geek podcast. I see you are currently listening to another podcast. How about trying out another? 7 Days of Geek is a weekly comedy pop culture podcast that geeks out about all things cool, like movies, TV shows, comic books, video games, podcasts, and web series. Blah, 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 blah. Of course, this is a show that's loaded with just a little bit more than a dash of humor. (laughs) Now look, I know the word geek might scare you away, but come on. Don't act like you don't geek out about something. We all do. We are the podcast that asks, what are you geeking out about? Come share your interests with us. You can find us all over the fancy interwebs. Psst, I'm over here. Do me a favor. Do the world a favor and jump on your desktop or finger bang your smartphone on over to 7 Days a Geek. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. Come listen. You can also find all the 7 Days a Geek present shows along with this one, 7 Days a Geek, at 7daysageek.net. That's the number 7, daysageek.net. Geek out. What we're watching. Whole lot of stuff. All right. What we're... (laughs) (laughs) I watched this a while ago, but I kept forgetting to put on my list, and then it popped in my head. I finally watched Spaced. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) It was awesome. One of the other advantages of Megan redoing her Netflix account (laughs) and me finding stuff like that. And then... I'll just keep going then. I finished the IT crowd, I think, this last week, this last season, which I think was my favorite season. When she pimps them out for a D&D game yep. was an awesome episode. So those It's t- not for you, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not for you, Jen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an, both excellent shows. Yeah. True Blood started back up, so watching that. Dexter's final season, watching that. That just started last night. Falling Skies is back on, so watching that. There's a lot to watch again, which leads me into we finished Fringe, so. <laughs> and your thoughts? Well, and for the, just to finish that thought, and for the first time in we don't know how long, our DVR is under 50%. <laughs> we really liked it. I kind of knew going in how they kind of did the, a lot of jumping around anyway, just because, you know, towards the end of, what was it, fourth, they were pretty much thinking they weren't having a fifth so they're yes. just like ah screw it <laughs> so they did that like one episode in the middle that was all of fifth season yeah <laughs> and megan just looked at me she goes i feel like i missed something <laughs> I'm like no that's just what they did to try to show what they were we're gonna leading do. towards yeah. uh but no i i really liked it I, and megan really liked it too uh 
We're actually kind of uh, sad it's over. My cold black heart was moved. <laughs> you never did watch Falling Skies, though, right? That was mm, one you no, couldn't sir. get past uh, the lead no guy. Way, I mean. uh, it's a good show, though. That's what my wife says. You two should talk about it sometime when I'm not around. <laughs> Late night movie watching. <laughs> or actually, this one uh, was in the theater. This is the end. We did go see it. Awesome, awesome, awesome movie. movie. Cannot recommend that highly enough. Uh, I've been dropping loads all over your house <laughs> like I'm a dump truck. <laughs> Megan thoroughly enjoyed it to the point of we got uh, weird stares because she was laughing too much because she got the giggles after at way well, well after a scene ended. But uh, it was a lot of fun. That was a that's a great movie as long as you know you don't mind language and vulgarity and all that good stuff, which of course we don't. <laughs> Recently watched the Red Dawn remake. It was okay. It wasn't It wasn't horrible. I also recently watched Grave Encounters 2 because that's what we're reviewing on the next Two Bald Geeks. So I got to get one more watch in of that. And Sunday, maybe, uh, we watched John Dies at the End. Finally got to watch that. And? I liked it. Megan is on the fence about it. She's like, it had its moments. <laughs> I enjoyed it overall. I didn't think it was like uber awesome. It It, it definitely didn't replace like any of my top horror comedies but it was a decent movie i i enjoyed it paul giamatti was awesome of course <laughs> what do you think you look like <laughs> it's an interestingly done movie did you ever read the book no i haven't read the book okay because everything that was horrible about the book they cut out that's what you said yeah huh? and the meat monster made the movie <laughs> so it was yeah it was it was a good little watch i don't think i'd have been Definitely not one I would I would have said you got to go see this in a theater or anything though. No, yeah. enjoy in the three theaters that it made it to apparently. Yeah. So enjoyable watch. That's what I got. Longmire is continuing and it's still enjoyable. Bruins lost, so hockey season's over. <laughs> Sad panda. And uh, I've started to work my way through the stack O anime I borrowed from Don. <laughs> That's right. And we're about, uh, Sarah's actually watching Steins Gate with me. Nice. You know, we got home a little bit late that night. So I just put <laughs> the stuff on the, a little bit on, on the table and then went to bed. <laughs> and, uh, the next day I was showing her and she, her first reaction was, I'm not watching anime. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I guess she listened to Don's ep after that and, and listened to his thoughts on Steins Gate. Cause I was like, she called me one day from work and I was like, Oh, I'm just watching Steins Gate. Well, I wanted to watch that. You never said that. Never. <laughs> not once, not twice, not three times. Um, so we've been watching that. And she's, uh, for the most part, enjoying it. This is a relatively new experience for her, I think. Her major comment, at least when it's an app, is, if anime is Japanese and it's done by Japanese people, why doesn't anybody look Japanese? <laughs> but She'll have to ask Don. <laughs> I find myself identifying quite a lot with uh, the main character, the mad scientist. He gets excellent dialogue. <laughs> this is the type of stuff, it's well subbed. The voice actors do a really good job. And this is the type of stuff that makes me want to go learn Japanese just so I can see if the original is quite as clever as <laughs> the dub. I mean, I assume it is, but they give Rentaro just excellent lines. All the characters are good. They all have their moments, but Rentaro is definitely my favorite. And really, that's it. I'm waiting for uh, a couple things to uh, come back for the regular summer runs. Oh, no. Rosalie and Isles did start again, so we're watching that. But I'm waiting for uh, Newsroom to start up. That's my next summer yep. watch. And uh, Strike Back. Hopefully, there's a third season. We haven't watched it yet. We recorded, though, that 
Ray Donovan show that started after Dexter. We want to check that out. We haven't watched it yet, though. So he talked is about that next still time. like employable after the Punisher. What? No, that's the name of the show. Ray Donovan. Oh, okay. Uh, it's uh. Oh, I was thinking Ray Stevens. Oh, what's his name? I think it's Shriver, the guy from. Uh, oh, Leif Shriver. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He he plays like uh. Oh, that oh that Mr. started Mr. already. Fi- yeah, it started last night. Oh, okay. The Hollywood Helper, Mister Fixer. That's Showtime. Yeah, it was right after Dexter. Um, So we watched Dexter last night, but we didn't get to Ray Donovan yet. Yeah, I was thinking Ray Stevens and something. (laughs) That's one we're going to check out, so I can talk about that next time. Podcasting 101, the podcast that's all about podcasting. Think of starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, you no longer have to finish The Idiot's Guide to Podcasting or Podcasting for Dummies. Nope. Slam that book. Podcasting 101 is the podcast for you. Twice a week. Every Monday and every Friday, learn new tips and tricks from some of the most successful podcasters and how they started out. We made mistakes so you don't have to. We talk interviews, marketing, branding your show, even ways to potentially earn a buck from your podcast. I've got some of the best podcasts in every genre coming on the show. Comedy, science, business, writing, publishing, marketing, and sports. No matter what kind of podcast you host or are planning on hosting, you should check out Podcasting 101. Don't take it from me. Read all of our five-star reviews on iTunes. Speaking of iTunes, you can find the show on the front page of iTunes New and Noteworthy, or you can just search Podcasting 101 and click the subscribe button. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're also on Stitcher Radio. Wherever you listen to podcasts is where Podcasting 101 is. Thanks for the time. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. What we're reading slash listening to. I've just been in a funk in terms of reading. I am just like reading. He's in the funk. One page a day, the Jordan's founding. in the funk. I maybe. The Canadian's in the funk. Turn, turn on my Jack Reacher book for like five minutes and then pause it. I was just, I've had no motivation to do anything. It's like I've been on my consoles or out doing things. So it's my motivation to. <laughs> Did you just hear yourself? I've had no motivation to do anything, but I've been on my councils or out doing things. I didn't necessarily say it was my (laughs) choice to be out doing things. So, yeah, still working on the founding. The red herring is apparently not the red herring I thought, but he's a pawn. Still working on Persuader. God, I think I only have 20 minutes left of that. If I could actually finish it, Jack, read your book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. If I could actually motivate myself to let it run for 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure it'd be done. It, it's not to say Click either, the yeah, end. Yeah, really. It's not to say that either book is really bad. Just for the last couple of months, I just, I don't care. And I do have a couple comics on the list, too. Sweet. I've been working my way through all new X-Men. Well, as I said before, I remain pleasantly surprised about how well an X-Men title is going. This is the one where Beast has brought the original X-Men forward okay. through time. Yep. And they've gone really, really well in terms of story writing. It's still uh, contained to the X-Universe. I'm sure there's going to be a crossover at some point. I mean, the Uncanny Avengers popped in for one app, and there was a really funny scene where Captain America was talking to Beast, but you didn't hear their con- you didn't see their conversation. It was Kitty Pride and Bobby 
mimicking what they thought that conversation would be like. So Kitty Pride was like doing the beast and Bobby <laughs> was doing Captain America. It was really funny. And they kind of nailed all the, the typical stereotype lines that Captain America or, or, uh, or beast throw out in a given issue, you know, Kitty was doing really good with the polysyllabic words and Bobby was doing a good job of, you know, being the super patriotic, good boy cop kind of a thing, you know, <laughs> some, some good stuff there. And, you know, there's, they've expanded the title into the greater X universe by having Scott come back. And the best part of it, like on and off for many years, there was always the, well, we have to make Xavier shady for a second or two here. So they they would bring up, how do we know he hasn't just been mind controlling the X-Men <laughs> like forever? And he's actually the world's biggest dick, you know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> and then right Good up point. The, yeah, it, it, valid point. Right. But they do that here. You know, they they take Jean chronologically from before she developed her teep powers and the, the journey through time brings her like almost to the height of her non-Phoenix powers and they have a vote. Are they going to stay or are they, are they going to go back? And Bobby is out. Was it Bobby? No, it was Warren. Angel was outvoted. He, he wants to go back. Everybody else wants to stay. And then there's a scene. There's a big fight. He wants to go back. He's going to figure out whatever he needs to do to get that time machine to work so he can go back. I'm not, we didn't have a vote. No, we didn't agree. You voted and I was outvoted. I want ice cream. <laughs> it's hot out. I really want some ice cream. And the next panel is Jean doing her mind control stuff. And she's like, this is not acceptable. We're here and this is what we're going to do. So, you know, they're giving her the the running joke about Xavier, you know, right off the bat. So that's kind of nice. So as, as a dude that's dumped on X-Men for like 10 years, I find this refreshingly good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. And then also I've been working my way through uh, Suicide Squad. Got back into that. Uh, How's that going? Still I, good. I've been uh, kind of looking at it off and on on Comixology since you were talking about it before. You know, I, I really like it. Harley is, uh, they're not just making her, you know, the Joker sidekick. They're letting her be her own kind of crazy. And, you know, I wasn't really keen on King Shark when they first put him in there, but they've, I would have to say, deliberately used him as a little bit of comic relief because of what he does to one of the other characters. All the characters, for the most part, are good. There's good buildup. I guess I'm into the third arc, maybe. You know, my only dislike with DC and the Suicide Squad is, of course, it's just not, you're not allowed to be fat in comics. And the point of Amanda Waller was always, she was the strong woman. I mean, like, she was the shit kicker. Right. She was large, but not fat. You know, she was the box. You know, that's, that's the type of thing. She was large and she would, she was not afraid, as it were, to throw her weight around. But as with all modern comics now, you know, she is, well, she's not the size zero, <laughs> you know, but she's, they, they've curved her. They've given her obvious breasts and obvious hips and an obvious butt. And that's, you know, it's, Nah, that's that takes away from the character for me. Amanda Waller is supposed to be the brick shit house. And, but yeah, she had this last arc was a pretty good arc. It centered on her and the creation of uh the new 52 Suicide Squad. So they it's the standard, you know, dirty dozen kind of thing. They didn't change it that much, but just how this particular team came together. Right. So yeah, the two, three arcs, whatever that I've been through, very enjoyable. Cool. That's really all I got. Those are the highlights. Okay. 
before I get to mine, Brian, yes, especially when you target me, sometimes we do check tweets while we're recording. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, you wrote all us geeks just in case you are checking tweets while recording. I thought I might remind you that hashtag AUGI listen. <laughs> Google Hangout people, yes or no? Yeah, that we can make that happen sometime. Please say no. <laughs> All right. I finished Wanted. I finally read that. I had not read it before. I had seen the movie. Different different story. Yeah, I know. I had seen the movie loosely based on the title. Not the book, just the title. <laughs> so I finished that here recently. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Explained to Megan what it was about. And, of course, she looked at me and said, that has nothing to do with the movie. The <laughs> like, assassins aren't the good guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. She, and she's like, well, tell me one thing. Is there a damn loom of destiny? I'm like, no. She goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's the loom of destiny. And of course, the majority of my reading time was Shadowrun 5th Edition Rules. <laughs> and uh, for the listening side, which uh, you'll hear in this episode, because we've got a pro, couple promo bumpers for him. Seven Days a Geek, which you're listening to now, apparently, mm. since you quoted them on your personal Facebook page. It was a worthwhile quote. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I found my soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, if you like us, you'll definitely love Seven Days a Geek, unless you're not keen on, lang- on, on language, because we do try to temper ourselves here. They do not. <laughs> Uh, but extremely enjoyable. Those guys do a really good job. Uh, and then, like I said, last time I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on podcasting, and uh, I'm still kind of looking through some of those. Actually, I've, I've kind of eliminated a bunch of them. But Jason, the angry ginger from Seven Days a Geek, started one called Podcasting 101. So there are actually two podcasts on podcasting that I can really recommend. One of them I don't think is running anymore, but it's it's also called Podcasting 101, but it's anywhere from like five to 10 minute snippets of useful information. So they don't have time to be an infomercial. He just does it and there's the info. So it's, it's solid information. Unfortunately, I don't think he's doing it anymore, uh, but I downloaded a bunch of those. That That's cool. And then Jason's is called Podcasting 101 as well. Try to find it by like Monkey Poo Studios. I don't necessarily consider it a full 101. Like these are the basics. This, you know, here's step one. Here's how you're going to get into podcasting. But the cool thing he does is he interviews other podcasters. And at some point I might be on it. Yay. Uh, September or August, September. We'll Sorry, see. dude. Yeah. You're getting Jeff. <laughs> it's not a good thing at all, but he's interviewing other podcasters and talking to them about how they got into podcasting, what kind of equipment they use, what kind of, you know, advice do they have? So you are learning like what other people have to tell you about being in podcasting and what some of the stuff, what they went through. So that's kind of cool. So I do recommend it. It is very enjoyable. I think there's a couple I've talked to, to Jason about there's a couple kinks. He might want to work out some of the stuff that works on seven days a geek doesn't translate well over to talking to other professional podcasters on a more of an educational type show, possibly even for your audience. I don't mind it because I'm used to those guys and I actually enjoy their show and what they do. Uh, <laughs> but on a one-on-one where, you know, they talk to people like this guy that does like entrepreneur on fire, which he's basically like the uh, infomercial type podcast. <laughs> so him mixed with these guys and, <laughs> Uh, that was kind of an interesting combo and stuff like that, but I'm enjoying it. 
they release that one like uh two a week. Really? Yeah. So they're really aggressive on that one, but it's I think they've got a little bit of a back catalog that they're working off of. So that's kind of cool. And that's my reading and listening for this time. So what we're playing is most of your playing from Don's. <laughs> Did we cover that last week? No, because we hadn't gone yet. Oh, oh <laughs> well, yeah. We weren't here last week. I have Don's stuff on mine. Well, yeah. So I'll add. You can go whatever you have and I'll add Don's stuff. Yeah, then. well. At Don's, I did get in a game of HeroScape. Oh, that's this true, This all yeah. seems very familiar. I sure. No? Okay. HeroScape was handily trounced, built a gun line, and then totally ignored the fact that I had guns and moved up. It was my downfall. I admit it. But <laughs> it's only the third time I've played the game, so I'm not planning on buying it and becoming a real... Oh, my God. His room... <laughs> Don's room... You know, we we took pictures of the anime collection... Should have taken pictures of the Heroscape collection. The Heroscape I mean, room. Yes, room. Heroscape shrine. This is clearly a man that will <laughs> never have pets. <laughs> or at least not pets that can jump on a table. This was a spectacular shrine to Heroscape. He had all his figures sorted by faction. Each faction had its own table. Each faction had at least one of each figure card out on the table. And then that figure on it. And then there were the cases. Yes. And I play Heroclix. So I totally understand this, but still taken to the extreme. And this is extreme in a good way, not like hoarder. This is just <laughs> an awesome display. And then the cases labeled and each drawer in the case labeled for all the commons uh, of each faction. And then on the walls, sorted by point values, sorted by faction, sorted by keyword. So you could cross-reference, like, on the wall, I am a Jandor, and I need a knight that does this. Okay, here, here, and here. This is what I need. Two, oh. two to three walls, almost sealing oh, the floor of spreadsheet material. spectacular room. Don, kudos. Well well done, sir. Yes. Well done. We bow to your HeroScape <laughs> wisdom. And then since we played all the other games together, I'll leave those to you. Okay. So then that's uh, good because that's pretty much all I have for <laughs> I've been playing uh we got our second sex session of Pathfinder in with Mike's uh Rise of the Rune Lords campaign. Uh that was last weekend. Last week at Jordals we got in a game of Maginor, which was our other rock, paper, rock, paper scissors, scissors of the uh, of the week. Which um, uh yeah, I don't I don't know if Jordal appreciated us. Because <laughs> in this rock, paper, scissors game, you actually get a triangle that has the three sides of what you can win and, uh, or, you know, what you can play and to play the rock, paper, scissors thing. And, uh, both Jordan and I just put it on the table and spun it and whatever landed. And still, Michael kept trying to actually plan what the hell he was doing against us. I mean, it worked for him for the most part. I mean, uh, but it was just funny because you and I were just like, woo! All right, that's what it's going to be. And he's over there like, okay, I think. (laughs) I put no thought into this. How are you? (laughs) Unless I spin into stone for your fire. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) That was awesome. uh, Yeah, I I suspect he might have been a bit frustrated. But that was a... uh, (laughs) We had fun. A surprisingly enjoyable game, even that that aside. That was... 
It's actually one I'd like to play again because it was kind of fun. That actually made it fun for me, though. I, <laughs> I mean, it's just the whole rock, paper, scissors thing. I, I don't think in general that's a mechanic I want in most of my games. So to be able to just go, <laughs> I was good. Should just house rule that into the random. Yeah. <laughs> After you left, we also got in a game of Quarriers where I got 20 nilled. It was <laughs> got to be the worst game of Quarriers I've ever played. He had three mighty troll barbarians or behemoths, whatever they're called. And every turn, almost every turn, they came up with the splat power, which <laughs> meant I was putting my basic quiddity back in my dice. So only three times that game did I roll any dice that weren't basic quiddity because <laughs> I could never cycle my bag. I could never cycle my used pile back into my bag. It was just basic quid, buy something, basic quid, buy something, basic quid. Well, screw it. <laughs> I'm not going to get anything else. I'm I'm not even going to buy anything. I'm not going to outright quit. I'm going to make you put in the last 10 minutes of the game <laughs> grinding. But <laughs> so that was uh, on the one hand, it was spectacular because I've never seen anybody <laughs> get 20 nilled at this game. It's not a game where that should actually happen. But for him, he's just, he got that splat power, even on the side where it was quiddity. You know, and not even the monster. I'm like, screw you. How many more times can this happen? Well, six, apparently. Six <laughs> six more times could happen. On the console side, uh, bought and completed both Last of Us and Dead Island Riptide. Uh, Last of Us was really enjoyable all the way through start to finish, but uh, Naughty Dog writes stories, not just games. So mm -hmm. that's very enjoyable. Dead Island Riptide was, uh, I don't know. It's the same game. Yeah. Just that's it. It's the same game. They change names. They change the city's name, the character's name. Right. But it's it's the same game. Yeah, like you and I talked about. I've seen it all over where people have said they didn't they didn't take the feedback. They yeah. didn't they didn't take all the feedback everybody gave them to improve on the game for the second one. They just pretty much pumped out almost the exact same game with just new content or whatever. Yeah, couple new creatures. Yeah, a couple new combat mechanics like the curb stomp. You can you have a super curb stomp now, and you can jump on zombies from an elevation, and you can switch to other. You can take quests from other characters. Like if like I turned it off, off multiplayer, so you could go to your your team screen and take quests from other characters to complete and pick up side quests and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so there's something like eighty nine or ninety nine quests or something, and by the time I accidentally finished the game. <laughs> that is my biggest gripe. Like in the first one, you know, you get the boat right. and it says, you know, if you leave here to go to this part of the island, all these quests are done. You can't go back and complete them. But there was more game. So this whole thing was, well, got to get to Henderson so that we can get to the boat to get to wherever we're going to go. And I got to Henderson. I got to the boat. There were uh, I had maybe nine side quests, but I hadn't received the, if you do this, you're going to. So I figured, okay, I got plenty more game. But then I got to the boat, and it's like, if you take the boat, it's, they didn't say, if you take the boat, this ends the game. They say, <laughs> if you take the boat, you won't be able to complete these quests anymore. Eh, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, there were some repeatables and yeah. some of the side quests that were like, really, go find souvenirs. Like, uh, who cares? <laughs> go get me oh. some champagne. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, I will continue with the game. All right. Are you sure? Yes. The end. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, apparently I should have uh, really gone for a walkthrough before I accepted that screen, because I thought there was more story. If enough people bought this, I suppose they're going to make the third one, because they left the ending there for a third one. 
<laughs> well, who knows? I might not have a console by the time that comes out. <laughs> so Last of Us, very enjoyable. Riptide, not unenjoyable, just not no innovation there. Yeah, or at least not, not enough to make it yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, like, like you, like, again, we talked about this before. It's just like, it was DLC worthy. Yeah. Yep. As mentioned earlier, or later, depending on how you put this together, Defense Grid on Xbox Live. Enjoying it very much, despite the fact that it's a four year old indie game, people. Very, very <laughs> enjoyable. But then again, I like the tower defense type games in general. Been playing Chip Chain at least once a day. Same here. Um, love it. Still. Depends, that depends on how busy I am. If I can sit down and, and they got the long, long one, because I haven't unlocked all the game modes yet. Yeah, so if they still have the long one on a day where I can actually get away for lunch for like 15 or 20 minutes, I'll bust mm-hmm. out the long game. Picked up and leafed through Dark City, the uh, legendary expansion. Um, mm-hmm. Haven't played it yet, but I've been really looking at it. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting this out, both uh, doing a game with just the new cards and then doing a game where we can randomize stuff. Didn't Tom say, like, he tried Tom Vassal? No. Didn't he say, like... Oh, you and Tom, you're tight. Oh, uh, yeah, we're super <laughs> tight. We're, you know, we're, 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 we're going to be... Out. No, we're not. <laughs> Please, Tom, take us. Take, take us away from all this. <laughs> uh, he was talking about, though, uh, it was extremely difficult. Like, the base game, he doesn't think he ever lost, but he tried a couple of just this expansion and lost like horribly <laughs> that is i don't know if it's a complaint or an observation i guess that will depend on who who i heard it from there was one person that was just very bitchy about this <laughs> but that yes this is definitely a ramp up in the difficulty both in terms of what the the masterminds can do mm-hmm. and how quickly things progress and the 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 larger variety of new loss conditions i'm all for it yeah i mean we lost a few games, you know, of the original, and I'm I'm fine with that. I I always said that it was a front loaded game, and you had to work to become the heroes, and I didn't mind getting my ass kicked, especially with the secret invasion. Uh, oh, so yeah. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm really well. I did kind of mind that, but when the game took lot less time than the setup, <laughs> uh, but there's a, a lot of cool new mechanics, and as you know, as with all expansions, you know, you then got to look at the replay value of the original cards, because all the original cards don't have, aren't keyworded. But there's um, things like Kingpin and some of his uh, minions have the bribe keyword, so you don't have to fight them with just combat. You can go in with combat and recruiting power and Apocalypse on top of whatever else the the scenario calls for. If all four of the horsemen escape, you lose. You know, mm-hmm. so there's stuff like that. There's new loss conditions on top of what goes on. There's new scheme twists. Some of the art is hit and miss. Like, they really expanded the X-Men, but I think that most of the X-Men art sucks. But then they gave you X-Force and, you know, the new Wolverine. So you could end up in a game with two Wolverines because you could end up with the X-Men Wolverine and the X-Force Wolverine. <laughs> uh, the X-Force art, especially Wolverine and Domino, pretty cool. Wolverine shows up in every title anyway. Well, yeah, so. So. <laughs> I'm waiting for the Avengers version, too. But the Punisher, uh, oh, the Ghost Rider especially, the Ghost Rider art card art, all of it, key point here, they all have different yeah. art now. Yeah. And due to, I can only assume, upper deck bad planning, they gave you more cards now. And Well, bad planning in two ways. There's about six inches of cards in a thousand count card box. 
It ba- you know, it, that's basically what it was, is a, a thousand count card box split down the middle. So you, you got two rows, but there's 500 cards and the rest is just filled with packing foam. Mm-hmm. Really upper deck? Really? <laughs> and then they give you enough cards in the first expansion that you run out of dividers. All the extra dividers you got in your first box, <laughs> not enough to divide all your cards in the second box if you want to stick with that model. <laughs> so as one guy said in one review I was looking at, well, I hope you give us more dividers in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and I do. That's their next set is the Fantastic Four. It's going to be a smaller review. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to getting dark. <laughs> I went into a, like a mini review there. Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> Hoping to get Dark City uh, onto the Get table. it off your chest, Jordan. Pretty quick here. <laughs> and then on the Warhammer side, I haven't, haven't played anything since the last game I mentioned with Jordal. But I've started assembling ghouls and skeletons. There's a tournament in October that I might go to, depending on how my budget stands after Gen Con. So I'm kind of getting tooled up for that because I got to get some stuff painted and I probably have to buy a couple things too. I've been biting into my Gen Con funds a lot lately. Yeah. Pissing me off. All right. Let's see. For games we played at Don's, uh, the only one I did not play with you would be Dungeon Pets. You, you were down. I think oh, that's, that's when you right. were playing HeroScape. Yeah. That was fun. That was the first time I got to play it. I own it, haven't played it. I like Dungeon Lords. So this was a cool, cool little game. Glad I got to sit in on it. And then let's see. Uh, when we first got there, we played Love Letter. So that's always fun. And Maiden. And Maiden. Down. <laughs> So yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun. We met a listener there. We met, we did. Jordan, you want to want to talk about your your first listener experience? It was my first one-on-one feedback. I was a very uh, quiet man. Hi Ben. Um, who just mentioned that he listened to us and uh and then moved along. <laughs> <laughs> there was no deep discussion on the show and quite frankly I was not looking for any. So, <laughs> hi Ben. We figured out one of the rules we were doing wrong in Legacy, but if you could drop us a line with the other one, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> Jordan was a little, uh, on the way home, he's just like, it, it, it's true. People listen to us. <laughs> People that we didn't already yeah, know. Yeah, we didn't already know. Let's see, what else did we play? We played uh, Tribune. Solid. had been a long time since I played, but now it makes me want to play it more. I got, I did look, it is downstairs. It, it's not sitting in my storage, so it is here. I haven't looked yet if I have the expansion, though. Well, where's your Warhammer game is the question. Two a months now I've been waiting game. on that. Invasion? Oh, it's still in pre-order yeah. hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't gone back. To, I have some stuff in pre-order hell for Invasion, and I haven't gone back to my storage. I haven't no, been to my okay. storage in forever. That's somewhere in my storage. Uh, let's see. We played the Lord of Rings cooperative game. It was great. You saw! <laughs> Again! How hard were Don and I and... Nice. Naomi working to keep us alive. <laughs> was that Naomi at that point? She or was it just the three of us? No, I don't think she she didn't play that, did she? Was there a fourth there? Because she came down and told us food was... You're right. It was just the three. Yeah. So, so we played something else with Naomi. How hard were Don and I working to keep you away from the eye? All and you just kept marching and marching. All and- I've got to say, like I said that night, you give me a faulty ring, I'm taking it to customer service. <laughs> I wanted a refund. <laughs> the ring was faulty. <laughs> so we enjoyed that game. <laughs> like Jordan said, we played Legacy Gears of Time incorrectly, <laughs> but still had fun. Ninjato. 
that was a fun little game. Yeah, I actually I like that. One. I want I wouldn't actually mind picking up. That was kind of kind of solid. Oh, back to Love Letter. I think that was the first time in especially in Love Letter, especially for such a quick game, that there was so much smack talk. <laughs> there was an insane amount of smack talk in that quick little game. <laughs> Video game side, I uh, played a very little bit of Deadpool. I'm on the fence about it. If you like Deadpool, it's a cool game. I mean, is seeing Deadpool kind of come to life, be active, break the fourth wall in the video game. He actually talks to and, and hunts down in parts of it, like the uh, game designer or something like that. So, I mean, it, that part of it is cool, but the actual game, I mean, it's pretty average. I mean, it's pretty what you're used to in that style game. Nothing big there, but it, it, the... Deadpool interaction is good. I haven't played a lot of it yet, though, so uh, maybe maybe it'll change if I get a little farther into it. State of Decay, though, still playing that off and on, still enjoying that. Megan's walked in on me playing that every once in a while, and uh, she may be playing that out there right now. She's keeps hinting that she wants to start up a game of her own, so uh, we'll see. But that's kind of a fun one, especially once you kind of get used to it. I kind of talked about some of the things that were a little goofy last time uh, about, you know, like, missions disappearing and stuff like that. I finally got used to setting up supply runs. So having runners come out and pick up stuff that I can't carry. Uh, Cause all you have is your backpack. I mean, you can't carry a ton of crap. And for some reason I can't switch characters again, which bothers me. I switched characters once and the character I switched away from was the only character that I got a large backpack for. So <laughs> I could carry more stuff. So now I'm back to a small backpack and I can't get the guy to switch back with me. Like, no, no, no. You go. You go out into the world. I'm going to stay behind the fence <laughs> with my big backpack full so of crap. So I, I read as like, is, you know, when you, when they become your friends, it also unlocks them for you to play. And I've got like four or five friends in my headquarters and none of them will become the main character for me right now. So I don't know what else I need to do, but that's because the other thing is, you know, you get wounded, you get tired. You actually have a status of tired. And my character right now is tired because she's been running all over the damn place and I can't switch her out so she can stay back and rest. So that's the only thing that's bothering me right now. But other, other than that, I mean, it's a lot of fun and that's pretty much all I've been playing. So that brings us to the end. So I'm Jeff King and I am the Canadian. Thanks for listening. I've got a hundred thousand comics carefully collected, and all the action figures for them carefully selected. The posters and promotions for each superhero movie. My ringtones rank inverter and Ash saying, I've got each permutation of the Xbox and PlayStation. My anime collection is the finest in the nation.